podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. I'm joined by sidekick Josh, who is at my side. Yes, hello, I'm, Josh. I'm on your right-hand side today. You are? You are in supreme gear, <laughs> I would say, today. Of course. T-shirt, yeah. jacket, yeah. bag, yeah. anything else? Shoes. Shoes Trainers. also new, supreme. New Air Homaras. You are supreme representing, 19. Boyd. Yeah, representing. And we're joined for the first time by newbie Mark Joss. Welcome. Thank you very much. Um, Mark is a very important figure. You work mostly in translation, but in the world of football. That is correct. Yes. In fact, I am, as a tradition, going to read out your official um, Twitter biography. Mark Joss, Mark Linguist is your, is your um, what do you is call the it? one. Thing. Handle. 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 Handle, thank you. Your handle. Um, hashtag football translator and football interpreter for Guillaume Balagay, who, by the way, I met last night on another podcast. Name drop. Yeah. yeah. GQ, GQ, it's new um, strike, strike out tomorrow. I think tomorrow morning. If you want to hear me, if you want to hear me and someone who knows all about football talking about football, you can. Okay. Um, CFL football. What's that? CFL football um, is Peter Clark's company. It's a football translation agency specialising in bringing languages and football together. AFC Home and Away, more importantly, obviously, and you run. Prem LMS and co-run Rate Your Nandos. It's quite a big bio. I'd like to do at least 20 minutes on the Nandos. <laughs> yeah. Because the game on Saturday was quite dull. So if we yeah. do 20 minutes on Nandos. N- it's a Nandos review. This, oh, this is so exciting. I'm just getting my critical <laughs> it. It's a Nandos review on Fansite. So you literally review branches of Nandos. Particularly before or after an Arsenal away day. How oh many God, different Nandos branches have you visited? 240. A legend. <laughs> Do you get the same you thing every time? You didn't tell me we were dealing with a legend. We have a legend in our midst. Well. Uh, mi- I mean, mix, mix it up, definitely. Ian Balagay last night was one thing, but... Hang on. Do you have a different <laughs> item from the menu every time you go to a different... Or have you got a favourite? I stick to extra hot and chicken, and then it could be it could be anything. Could oh, be you see, I'm half so a f- chicken, rat. I'm so livers. feeble. I can't deal with a hot thing. I have the like the lime and whatever it is thing. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll go. go. We'll go. I'll, I'll, help, I'll help you. <laughs> I can't deal with work that, your way up the are ladder. You, like, always looking for new ones to visit that you haven't been. Pretty much. So if we yeah, get a good a, cup draw, oh yeah, we're it's, like, it's away, very exciting. Your... We got Knott's Forest in the League Cup last year. Oh, oh, oh that ticked yeah. all the boxes. Did you do like one before, one after, so you can get two? Two. Well, there was there was a perfect away day in January Southampton in the cup 5-0 win two Nando's before the game two hold on what do you mean you mean you went to two different Nando's two different Nando's that I haven't been to before and then you nip over and have like the main and then a bit dessert in a third Amazing. You have to have chicken or it doesn't count. Does oh, really? That's yeah, the rule. That's chicken. the rule. Yeah. And um, we're going to talk about Nando's for the next few hours. Um, are there, is Nando just a British phenomenon? Is, do you, do you get it overseas? You do get it overseas. Yep. Yeah, I've been to Nando's in the US, yeah? Canada, wow. Dubai, oh, God. Ireland. Exciting. Before we and talk the great more, thing is, if he is abroad and it's in a different language, not a problem. 
Exactly. Yeah. 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 Got me stuff. Um, before we talk more about Nando's and maybe a little bit about Arsenal as well, let mm. me remind you that Footballist League Arsenal is backed for the season by Labrooks. Sign up and deposit up to fifty pounds, and Labrooks will put some of the will put the same amount. It's not some. We'll put the same amount into your account, giving up to fifty pounds worth of free bets. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.arsenalpodcast.net. Josh. There you go. You almost struggle with English there, never mind any foreign languages, boys. Harsh. Not very what harsh. Word? I got wrong. <laughs> well, that's a live read. I thought it was pretty good. It was very good. Yeah, I Well, people that. know that there is no editing of this podcast by uh, just by listening to it. So uh, <laughs> well, there you go. We're, we're, we're honest. We're, we're honest. Who James Edgeman got this level of eloquence? You were with, this Jack, is our, you were with Jack Whitehall. Uh, yeah, I was with Jack Whitehall earlier. If you want the name-dropping yeah. stage of the... of the, I've, I've come straight from... Jack Whitehall in um, where he lives in West London. Yeah, I don't know where he lives. Got a, yeah. got a road. I'm not sure what number it is. Um, and we obviously talk mainly about football. We yeah, are mainly about Arsenal. Um, we well, hopefully he'll be back on the pod at some. Point. I I think so. I think yeah, he's up busy for a guy. Bit, though. though he's he's very big busy, big yeah. Nando's fan. Two well. LA trips. Big, Na- big Nando's, Nando's fan. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned Nando's it, all the time. He mentioned his stand up. Yeah. yeah. Maybe um, if we tell him there's, there'll be a Nando's and then he'll come do the podcast. Yeah, I, I could I could I could help next, out with that. Next season, can you get a sponsor by Nando's? Can you sort of course. Sorry, I mean we mentioned him enough in this episode. Do you pay for your Nando's or do they now know you? And they want you to be rating different. Am I giving? Is that a question you'd rather not answer? Um, I. It depends on the day on the manager. Oh, I see. Sometimes. So you are known in the Nando's community. Some, I have. I have occasionally been recognised. Oh, that's um, brilliant. And these black the cards. Most of it. So do they still exist? Are they a thing? Are they real? I believe so, but right. I'm. Oh, I'm still waiting oh, for the, if for the envelopes to come through the door. Anyway, um, anyway. we uh, let's. We've got to talk about Arsenal, haven't we? All right. It's like, it's like this is our Halloween special, by the way. Josh, obviously, because we're recording, it's Halloween night. It yeah. is. So 31st. There's nothing, we haven't done anything special for Halloween at all. But, um, you know, we can talk about how scarily boring the first half against Swansea was. See what I've done there? <laughs> Great segue. Yeah. It, it was about as bad as it's been this season. It's weird, wasn't it? And I was so depressed in that first half because, um, the, you know, the pre- I won, as I said, I think, in the previous podcast, our front three... You know the Lacazette, yep. Sancho, Özil thing to work, and I want. I feel you know Vengish, even though obviously two of them are going <laughs> fairly soon. That we should at least, if we build the team around them, our three best players basically, and they should be able to you know dominate most teams, and you know we should be able to get in the top four. I think with those three, and then immediately on Saturday they were a bit, they were a bit lackluster, weren't they? Certainly in the first half. What did you, what did you do? You think were you, were you like me? Were you a bit gutted how lackluster they were? Um, they. Yeah, it, it it was a concern because I think it was one of those games, but maybe because of the way we 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 have played at home this season, which we shouldn't forget is a hundred percent record. That the fortress, three of them, fortress Emirates. What well, it, yeah. you know? It's, yeah, it's not not to be sniffed at. Actually, I think probably our, our home Mild form. Sniff. Uh, I don't know. I think probably the second half. I, I don't know what was sort of said at half time. The second half sort of showed the yeah. glimpses of, of what could be. Yeah. But the the bigger decision really is about. You know, everyone's been waiting. These are the three of, that we want to see up front. They are all finally fit. But I'm not sure it is going to be as automatic as we all think that every time they are all available, that that is the team. There is still going to be games, I'm sure, where Giroud has to oh, no, be don't. given an opportunity. Why? No. Well, I think no. there are. And, and I'm annoyed also, enough that clearly there's something going on whereby he has to come on. Um, and then he takes Lacazette well, of off. Lacazette was at, and No, why does he have to come on? Lacazette. Look, looking, looking. Why, why does anyone ever have to come? When people get fatigued. We've got games. Oh, no, no, in but it week. doesn't have to be. 
Yeah, but he could bring on he could bring on him and keep Lacazette on. I, I don't like the, sub, the Lacazette off him on substitution situation. Look, when Lacazette's having a perfectly good game and looking like he could score any minute, and he brings Giroud on. I think it's what do you think? Would you, would you are you a pro? What's your feeling about Giroud versus Lacazette? Um, I'm very happy Lacazette is starting yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, when there are games where we need more goals, I would obviously keep both of them on. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not opposed to. Giroud coming on for Lacazette if I think we were already in the lead the other day when, yeah, when he yeah. made this substitution um, although I think the Watford game in particular when Giroud came on for Lacazette that went very badly yeah that was a disaster and yeah. that's yeah. yeah we completely lost our momentum and ended up losing the game yeah but Josh's point that we should we but we've got to stick with that front three haven't we like in the Premier League in, I'm talking. in Not general in- yes but Man City this weekend I'd be surprised if he does really three Really? Oh, I, I think he, he might go no. for a more defence, a oh. bit more defensive well, approach. We can, can have the def- more defensive approach in midfield. Maybe not have R- Ramsey, because Ramsey's the one who causes the problems, isn't it? I mean, I know he, he played quite well. He's but quite- I don't think he wants all three, you know, are there options that might give a bit more coming back? I think I, yeah. I agree with Mark. I just can't believe that he's going to do the obvious on Sunday. And, and look, maybe yeah. we'll come on to the game at the end, but it, you know, is it a game that Wilshire maybe even is finally Oh, I'd love to recalled. see Wilshire in, but, not, but that's not going to affect that front three, is it? Mm. Well, otherwise, oh, Wilshire in for like Xhaka or Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. You never quite know. Um, talking about Halloween as links to, to Arsenal, it did briefly look like a ghost might have overtaken <laughs> Per Mertesacker's body towards <laughs> the end of the first half. It was extraordinary. That stumbling yeah. sort of made you remember why he didn't play an appropriately <laughs> game the entirety of last season. Because that could have been 2-0. And, yes. and then... It, I, Oh Even my. though it's, uh, you know, it's once a year we're going to make opportunities. I think we might probably might oh, have lost been, that game. I think it would have been, it would have been, over, been very yeah. difficult. Yeah, that was disturbing. Per most like yeah. looking, but that, but that stumble or whatever it was, is he was he's been pretty good in the previous games, hasn't he? I mean, I, you know, I think he's, yeah, I, it's been a few years fine. since the last one. I think which is the last stumble, it's last horror stumble, it's the last yeah. takeover by ghost. It's just also because of his frame; it just looks a bit comical. Oh yeah, yeah I mean, he's a gangly. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget BFG. the one at at Sunderland. The game when Henri scored the winner oh, yeah. for Sunderland's yeah. first goal, Mertesacker just like, gradually collapsed. It took him about 10 minutes <laughs> oh, to fall yeah. over. The collapse, you're right. You're and like, they uh, scored. And like a, just, yeah, steadily collapsing uh, building. That was, his, that was his early days for yeah, us that, anyway. Did you say Gareth Southgate came, I think? On, yes, he on did. Saturday. Yes. I mean, what, what was he hoping for? <laughs> <laughs> looking where oh, yeah. I was just looking at our team. Do we have anyone English play? I'm we're not sure we did. Oh, maybe something mean Jack would come on. Oh, good luck to that. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't going to start. He's, he must be not interested. Do we have anyone Will, English players? Swansea have any English players? They must have. Maybe he's looking at some Swansea players. And I was going to say about Swansea, by the way, because you, 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 no. I mean, this is good business. This is good for you. The more foreigners in the, yeah, in the game. It. Twenty bring, years bring, ago, there was keep, less business football translators. Yeah. Well, that's did it. S- it didn't exist. Did you see also? Ago. But now that I've, now that I've got this, on, I was thinking about this. That in the that un, under eighteen team that won the World Cup, under seventeen, under seventeen mm. team. Sorry, there were, there were no, no Arsenal players in the whole squad. Did you see that? It's absolutely depressing. Oof, yeah, is, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bleak. There are hardly any Arsenal players in the senior squad. Obviously, yeah, we're struggling at the I don't think there were any in the last squad, were there? I don't think so. So th- that is pretty so. bleak, I think. I, I mean, I know you know yeah. we've got some good players, but I don't know. I think I think it's wrong. You're well, checking my stats, but I looked through. I couldn't I, honestly. I couldn't find one. So the, the one of the subs, Emil Smith Rowe, 
is a is an Arsenal player. Okay. Um, but yeah, certainly you're right. I think Chelsea had four of the starters. And yeah, one Man the City to play, yeah. but not hardly. Yeah, Matt, well, Matt, that Foden who uh, is just incredibly highly rated. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get that out of the way. But what I was going to say about Swansea was that even, even though we were, it was a really tedious, particularly the first half. But I think part of it was the major problem of underestimating the opposition because I think Swansea yeah. actually are very solid, aren't they? They've only let in one goal away, yeah. and they were like very diligent, and you know, and I think again, that's I think. But I, I, as I said last week, I think we've got just because you play a solid team, you know, that's not one of our main rivals, and they and they manage to stop us scoring like they did in the first half. Even with that front three, it doesn't mean you should ditch the front three thing. Actually, you've got to Agreed. persevere with it, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. But luckily, we did get the two goals pretty early on in the second half, and yeah. uh, I think we were we were well on our way once the second goal went in. I think that they had maybe a half chance yeah they did yeah but yeah it was pretty it was in the end it was fun. no no I think it's one of those where, you know, you've got a uh, you just got to win you're not going to play brilliantly every game are you yeah. as you've said on win. the you said on the menu mm. um, Josh uh, level with Chelsea in fourth and one point behind third place Spurs mind the gap <laughs> big no. time does this mean that you know? Every, it, I suppose you would think this means it's all to be turned around. Everything's fine. It's all super. Or no. is it just yet another repeat of everything that's happened the last? Well, five it's it's likely to change again this weekend. Man City away. Exactly. We'll leap up very, to third. Come, uh, very come Sunday night. God, is how long? How big is the delusion? Um, yeah, but no, I think that would be leading it. Look, I just think there's a point. Like, it's interesting that like Liverpool, obviously three points behind us now, and it, it does just feel like Klopp doesn't get the. Sort of criticism from well, I think he's starting. So, so we're starting, but he hasn't got it. And yet, you know, even with their you know battering us earlier in the season, we we found ourselves three points ahead of them um, to be level with Chelsea, a point behind Spurs. You know, it's not quite as doom and gloom as it seems. It's almost like if you took all the media and sort of read everything without knowing any scores, you would assume that we are sort of lower and further off than where we are. And if we take the view that Man City are very likely to be the champions, even at this stage of the season, and it is a battle for the rest to try and make it into the top four, we are not in a terrible position. Mm, yeah, we, we are labouring to beat, you know, team, teams like Swansea, aren't we? I mean, it's, 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 I mean, Swan, it's Swansea honest. at home a few years ago was the hardest yeah, home lost, game yeah. of the season. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's the last, did you watch the last few years? Mentioned, I did watch, yeah, I watched some of it, yeah. yeah. It was excited by it? Yeah, it's exciting. I think that, as I said on the um, GQ Strike podcast, to game by All right, enough plugging. Um, <laughs> I said... Um, that they, yeah, the, the senior players could learn something from them because clearly they know how to play tournament football, how to negotiate. It was brave football, yeah. Yeah, whereas right. senior players collapsed at the first opportunity. There's so. less less pressure on you know, under 17s. Yeah, yeah, of course. Could have easily just not been in the news had we lost in sort of the earlier stages of, of the course. tournament. Anyway, let's go on to more exciting things. Eddie. Eddie, Eddie the folk, the birth of a folk hero. New hero. New yeah. hero. Were you, were you there for that one? Unfortunately. No, you're a busy I man. Wasn't. You're translating I'll be, for I'll everyone. be at the next round. Translating 100%. like Lionel Messi and you know, this, that and the other. That's fine. I'm not, you know, just... But you, were, were there, there, was you it noisy there, in club Were you there, level? Josh? Do you know what? I, I couldn't make it <gasps> Well, I'm the, the only one had... there. I was the only one who witnessed um, Eddie I, in the Cattiers. I, I managed to watch it all, so I can certainly feel qualified to talk about it. But yeah, you were the only one that you were there for the beginning of the Eddie revolution. as well, let me just say. So we had the glorious sight of Eddie coming on. You don't get 15 many. seconds later, scoring a goal. Yeah, absolutely. It was extraordinary, incredible. And also, we, we, I, it didn't. I didn't think we were going to score from. from no, we didn't look like scoring. Didn't feel it. Felt like. No. And actually, of that second string Arsenal team that has been playing in the, you know, the Carabao Cup and been playing in the Europa League, the senior players as a front three there, Walcott, Iwobi, and Giroud, had all been 
pretty disappointing. Yeah, they were rubbish. And I know you love Theo, but <laughs> yeah, but now you, there is serious another, criticism that well, he's coming Well, there should be more serious criticism for Giroud because he was worse. He was absolutely diabolical. He's been diabolical. When he starts these games, he's terrible. He's absolutely terrible. So I know I have a go every week. Terrible. Walcott was bad as yeah, well. An absolute like, incredible goal. In I think they're all... Here's, here's my point, though, about the, this lot. Yeah. Particularly, uh, like Theo and Giroud, I think this is true of Awobi. I think he's just Awobi, isn't it? I, 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 I don't. I feel he's slightly Iwobi's overrated. I feel he's another one of those players we've right. got, like Oxley Chamberlain, kind of Theo, him, where they they get the ball and they kind of do some good runs every now and then. They kind of, but the final product isn't there often yeah, enough. The number of times Awobi gets yeah. the one and one, and he right. just rolls it into the keeper's arms. Exactly. But I do think he's a level above. Theo and, Do you? and Ox. No, I'm not sure. I don't know. But my, my know. wide bigger point is, I think it's all psychological. Because I, I thought, it was, so my the deduction from um, Eddie coming on and scoring in 15 seconds and then scoring another goal, and by the way, he could have had two more. He could have had a score like mm. four in about <laughs> five minutes, is that must have been for him, like the most exciting moment of his life, right? Coming on for Arsenal, his first game. And you could sense the... the uh, we played a minute in Europe, didn't he? Well, okay. But it's first proper first chance. Proper yeah. chance. Because one of the most exciting moments of his life, coming on, adre- the adrenaline, just fearless, you know, and he was just incredible. Contrast that with Theo and Giroud, these old timers who must, who deep down, and I think they're probably like processing the whole thing, you know, I'm sure they're perfectly happy on the surface, but deep down they know they're in the second string team. They're not, that like he doesn't want them in that first team. He's not picking them in the first team. It must be a bit sad. There must be a kind of underlying sadness and kind of, do you know what I mean, a misery and kind of ennui about their whole performance. Yeah. And I just looked at them, you know, live, watching them live in that game. I just thought, it's just, no, it's just not quite right, really. And then you saw him come on. I think it's all about, I think they must be fucking miserable, basically, bottom line. I know we covered the <laughs> sadness of Theo a few weeks ago. But it's more, it's just, I just think they're not going to try, they're not going to be trying their absolute best or, and it's not even a conscious thing; it's subconsciously because it's well, all a bit sad. They don't, they don't have the best players alongside them in these games to bring the best out of them. Right? There's that as well. But but him coming on, he doesn't give a shit about any of that, Eddie, yeah. does he? Yeah. He's just incredibly thrilled and excited. I don't think they can get thrilled or excited enough. Well, yeah, well definitely on, not for Norwich in the League Cup. In, exactly, especially for Norwich in the League Cup. Mm. Yeah. Henri was incredibly complimentary because Henri was sort of harping back to when he was coaching him as part of his role at Arsenal when he was with the under 18s and. You know, he was, he was quoted in the Sun saying, you know, he's a great kid, pleasure to work with, always on time, which is, you know, really, reassuring. What does that mean? Does that mean the other I don't know, I like late? the idea that maybe I could have been a footballer because I'm quite punctual. Um, <laughs> I'm very punctual. Um, he's always on time, listened hard and was a good worker, willing to learn and improve. He will always score goals. And he wrote, he will always score goals even when he's 60, which I thought was ambitious for a oh. player's career in, in this day and age. He's a killer in the box, as he showed against Norwich. He's not a fancy player. He's all, not all step-overs and drive-backs. He's just lethal in front of goal. He doesn't need many chances. If he plays, he scores. It's simple. Of course, the hardest thing will be to get a chance at a big club like Arsenal. And but that's the thing. Is he like the new Jay Simpson? Or is he going to be, you yeah. know, but we don't really have a frame of reference for an Arsenal young striker who's actually come through the... You know, the I mean, this is always going to... It shouldn't be that hard, should it? I mean, with, you know, with the other options he's got, and I include Theo in this, like Theo, Giroud, the other striking options, you know, or forward options. He should be on the bench, shouldn't he? We should get chances on the bench. Oh, what do you, definitely. Do you yeah, well, also the way the Europa League's going, we're going to be top of the group guaranteed probably by Thursday night. Um, and then he could even start one of those two remaining group games. Totally. How much more exciting would it be if you go rock up to the Emirates on Thursday... And you know, in, in, that's these are fairly dead robbers now. You know, yeah. through, and, and he's starting. Yeah, he's starting. Yeah, that would be a reason to go. Exactly. 
He should definitely. And how much more exciting would be him to start than than uh, Olivier Giroud? Yeah, no, I think I think the fans want to see him. And look, we, assuming we 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 win on Thursday against Red Star, there are, there are genuinely two dead rubbers. This at least I think Wenger will want to go win the group, and then there are going to be two games. So we might even see rubber. some even more of these sort of youngsters who we, we hadn't seen when we go away to Cologne, which we're looking forward to yep. our trip, boys. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the final home game in the group. But do, do you know what he's supposedly earning at the moment? Eddie Nketiah. Mm. Um, Two hundred pounds a week, out of zero. It's two grand a week. Oh, okay. But he's supposedly in line now for a rise to fifteen grand a week, on the back uh, of. Uh, he's got a good gold bonus in there. Yeah, that's a, is that, how old is he? He's what eighteen? Nineteen. Nine, is he nineteen? Uh, I think he's is he eighteen or nineteen. Um, I will have to. I will have to yeah. briefly check that. I think he's eighteen. I'm guessing eighteen. But it's hard for an eighteen-year-old, isn't it, to, to be earning more yeah, than he is eighteen. To be earning more than don't, we don't really want them to be to be earning more than two grand a week. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, that's fine. Maybe so, we right. do. Well, I mean, you know, good luck. To he used to be at Chelsea, didn't he? Like they, he got let go. He got let go by Chelsea. So that's yeah. quite it's good for us because usually it's us to let go these players it's when they're really young, <laughs> and yeah. we still have to regret it. But yeah, I'm excited about him. Do we think we? But so your your question: Do we think is actually possibly gonna? Is it possible that he can make his way into the Arsenal first team and actually carve out a career at Arsenal? Well, based on so f- what, what he's done so far, I think it's definitely possible. I think he's going to get more chances this season mm. if he gets a few more goals. Sure, he'll probably go on loan at some point, maybe. Yeah. And My then, worry is that Wenger is so attached to bringing for Giroud, wanting to keep Giroud happy, that he's not going to get a chance because he's, he's in the way, which I think is possible. faintly annoying. Um, but based on what Giroud's done the last few weeks, Wenger might <laughs> yeah. be thinking, well, actually, he's very there's, loyal, no though, to, there's no need Wenger to keep likes to keep Giroud the players happy. happy. Yeah, he likes, wants to keep them happy. Um, we'll talk more after this. After, well, should we have a quick break? Josh, let's have a quick break. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back from the break. Um, you went. Did you go to the AGM? I did. Because I saw on your Twitter you had a picture of you at the AGM. Oh, I thought you might have let's, checked me out. Let's talk about the AGM. You, you didn't go, no. No, I didn't. I tried to sort of follow it from sort of social media postings. No. What what was your link? What what's the link to your attendance? I have a share. You have a share. Thanks wow. to my father. Wow. Yes. So I get, I've been odd. going the last four years. How exciting. Should they be are, in your Twitter are, bio really. They are remarkably Nando's similar in terms shareholder. of the events. So you witnessed the legendary Chips Keswick uh, melt kind of quasi meltdown. Or just yes. him being a snotty tight as well, it seems yes. to be. Yes, he, he's been deteriorating <laughs> year on year, big time. I think the first year I went, everyone could sort of stand him. <laughs> then there were a few murmurs. Last year, a lot of people were not happy. And this year, you know, you saw the the hands go up for people opposing his re-election. What was it like in the room then? Well, I think everyone had sort of agreed to do it and that was the plan for the people that were in a position to vote but we also knew that it wouldn't directly achieve anything it did make the AGM the longest one in recent years how long was it I think it was about an hour and a half I think it added half an hour because the two votes they had to hand out little cards and we all had to fill them out then they had to go back and then they had to say right well we've counted them and that's really great but he's you know still going to be the Chairman and, mm. uh, and was there something about the pens not working? 
Their the, pens handed out didn't yeah, work. I did, her, sort I did, sums up I did see for, a few people complaining excuse. about pens. Um, which is conspiracy. And not enough seats. That was Tim Payton's comment on the as well. Yeah, you've got to get in there early. Yeah, but um, but, but Chips, Chips says it was embarrassing and kind of dismissive and just kind of told yeah, everyone. Yeah, I don't it. think he answered a single question in a, he, in a satisfactory right, way. He just kind of ignored he them. Dodged things <laughs> yeah, dodged. And, yeah, and people were getting incredibly frustrated, as you as you would expect. But Wenger made a speech, and that what everyone loved. That was it. Good? I have to say, Wenger was, was amazing. Yeah, um, he was you know the only one up there that everyone you know when he spoke, everyone listened, everyone heard the passion. Nobody heckled, nobody had a bad word to say, and he got a really long round mm. of applause after it. Obviously, he didn't actually say anything that we don't already know or that we haven't already heard, but it was just the way but he delivered it. He did, didn't he say at the end um, that his position would be um, discussed at, at the at end, the, of, looked at, at the end of the season? That yeah. was new, wasn't it? That was a new uh, and true. weird, slightly weird yeah. thing to say. Well, he, well, he sort of conceded, hadn't he, previously that his indecision about staying at the club had caused an yeah. impact on the players. Um, so he's obviously saying, well, look, I will be deciding a year away from the end of contract rather than allowing it to go into, you know, nine months, six months, three months before the end of the next contract, which it, which makes sense. Yeah, Some forward. did see that as an interpretation that he is perhaps more likely to, to stay beyond, which uh, Gillard, who was obviously on with us last week, yes. had uh, from his yeah, last fairly week, good I sources, I would say. I did hear that. Yeah. that was I mean, that, talking, surprising of, talking of Halloween horrors, <laughs> the idea of him giving a new contract to Vanger, um is the most terrific of all, of course. Um, but yeah, but that's, that was interesting. I wonder, and, but I, it I did get slight, I mean, he could have just been saying that to placate the anti, he knows that half, if not a majority of the fans are kind of against him, couldn't it? And it makes it f- seem more reasonable for him to yes. say, oh, I'm going to look at my position at the end of the year. But do you think it was honest or do you think it was just placate? Do you think maybe they, well, he will, maybe he's like. I think it's honest. I think, I think he's sort of, you know, been fairly open when he's been answering questions from journalists about it, that he, you know, he got it wrong last season and he wants to. To get it right in the future, and you know, obviously we've got, the, pl- we've got players leaving at the end of the season, yeah, and they're even more out of contract yeah. in the end of the next season. So I think he does not want that to be thrown at him. So because if he, he is to leave, yeah, he needs to tell people he's going to leave, so that he, you know, if he, he doesn't right. want to be accused of li- leaving the club in disarray. But isn't the implication of that? If we say we come to end, say like unlike last, say we don't finish in the top four, and we don't even win a cup or something. Oof. I mean, he should go, shouldn't he? he, he should, if he's reviewing his position at the end of the season, what does that mean? You he can't just carry on if we get worse every year, can he? Well, I just think it, either it will be a two-year extension, so it will be three years left, <laughs> yeah. or it will be I am leaving at the end of the, oh, yeah. the end of a season because yeah, he's always big on he will honour his contract, so mm. he's not going to yeah. leave at the end of this year. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And at least the way the season's gone so far, I think we're in a very good position to get top four and win the Europa League and FA Cup and even League we're Cup. Having us <laughs> winning five trophies, well, four trophies. very positive, Steady. very positive, very positive. Um, what and more about what Gazidis said? Because Gazidis got quiet. He was quite interesting, wasn't he? Because he had this whole thing about you know we spent two hundred million on transfers. We should be judged by objective metrics. Um, and, this, and he was talking about he attacked the media for misleading the fans about transfers and inflaming emotions. <clears throat> he, but the bottom line is, he said that there'll be you know that th- th- there'll be big change. What was the phrase? The famous the famous phrase um, catalyst, catalyst for, change. for change, which clearly hasn't been the case at all. Um, and he also, even more famously, a few years ago, said we will be like you know. Um, wh- which team did he compare us to? Which German team did he compare us to? Borussia Dortmund or one of the 
big teams that, that have done really well in the Champions League, saying we could be a team like that competing for the Champions League, and we're clearly not. And so, mm. well, the Catholics you can't change, change your mind. You can't kind of have it both ways, can you? The Catholics change could be that Dick Law's leaving. I think a lot of people are. Is that it? Sort of, sort of, sort of pointing that maybe that means a director of football will will come in, and Wenger will have to accept that, and maybe that you know has an impact on the decision that, that Arsenal will have to make at the end of a season. But it might, you know, it, it was a difficult. But the, it's in the. AGM as well, he has to obviously answer the question why he's getting his large salary and yeah. he's got a bonus, bonus in a time yeah. where Arsenal have failed to make the Champions League for the first time since, what, 1998, I think. So, yeah. it's a very, you know, it, it's it's a difficult... He's walking into that room knowing it's not going to go brilliantly for him and I think he was lucky in a way that Wenger spoke as eloquently and... Well, they're well all as, lucky about that, aren't they? As well Definitely. as he did because Arsenal understands it. He gets mm. the room. He knows people are unhappy. Yeah. But he was passionate about wanting success and convincing people that he really thinks he can still deliver it. Um, and that probably, you know, went a long way. And also the fact that the, mi- the minority shareholders, such as Mark, you know, made such a stand, at least got the, uh, you know, attention. That was really what the, the, the news angles were leading with, that there was mm-hmm. discontent, yeah, even if it was, you yeah. know, completely in vain, because ultimately, you know, Usmanoff yeah. and, and Kronke were going to sort of play along. Uh, with yeah. what they wanted. Did Gazidis have to answer any questions or did you just kind of... Yeah, Gazidis had answered a lot of questions. Um, one of them, the one that stuck with me was about the comparison between when we decided to sell Van Persie mm-hmm. when he entered the last year of his contract oh, yeah. to Manchester United, which obviously went really terribly. Um, and in contrast, this season, they really just wanted to stick to their guns, yeah. not sell... Ozil Sanchez mm. unless everything was in place which obviously it wasn't mm. um, so he did emphasise that as a, a change and an right. improvement on previous decisions yeah which it, I think well, it the, seems it, fair Gazidis I think made a point about the uh, attacking the media for misleading supporters in terms of these transfers and he talked about inflaming emotions and driving opinions and narratives and he, he gave I think an example of Mustafi saying that the club never wanted to sell him even though there was you know, it's seemingly not a huge amount done to deny the story at the time. And it, it is really odd to try and believe that one because Mustafa was like left out of the team at the start of a season yeah. at a time where clearly, you know, he would have been playing and, yeah. you know, would have been part of Arsenal's yeah. team. We, so we I don't know why he's picked that. out that as an example when, you know, there were reports that he was very close to a move to Inter Milan. And yeah, I don't, I don't I think there's a certain yeah, amount. I'm, I'm sure he's a lovely guy because he's, but I don't believe a word he says, man. Yeah, I mean, he's very good at presenting things yeah. in the way that fit what the club exactly, wants to exactly. get out there. Um, I just wonder about you, your, your work as a you know, translating a football. How, how much have you done with Arsenal uh, over, over a period? I have done a fair amount. Um, I've had a few fun jobs at the training ground with uh, Gabriel a few years ago, Santi Cazorla in his second season. Did Gabriel speak any English? N- not How can they me. come here and be that... <laughs> Well, I'm maybe like, that's, part of, pick maybe up that's part of the reason he was happy to go back to, go to back Spain to somewhere where he could yeah, yeah, get by with his What did you have to do with Gabriel? Just a, something for a sponsor? or uh, It was an interview with the Double Club Challenge, so Arsenal's language programme. Um, so the interview was all about Gabriel's relationship with language. <laughs> Surely the whole point of that brilliant. is that it's showing how you can learn other languages alongside your own, and he couldn't speak any other language beside his own. Maybe maybe not the the best example, but Hector Bellerin has done Bellerin's things. Very, and well, he his, sounds Cockney, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, obviously he is you a, love a true. I love. Yeah, well, obviously I met Bellerin. Bellerin's my new best friend. I met him once a few weeks ago. Um, but he was hair. very he's very eloquent though. Bellerin, very Definitely. his English is brilliant. And who else? Because all you've, you've Monreal 
as well. Does Nacho speak in English? Yeah, he Very does speak good. pretty good English, English now. Because yeah. all but the sometimes time. the players prefer to do it in Spanish, particularly if it's the first or second year in England, and they while they're still adjusting to the language. That must be it. great fun as an Arsenal fan going to the training ground for gigs with the players. Definitely, yeah. I think unfortunately the Cazorla one was just after Liverpool thumped us five one, so it wasn't. It wasn't mm. great content, but it was obviously <laughs> wonderful to to meet him and. Um, Have you seen he's very, he's very small. He's very he's small. Is he ever going to play football again? That's the question. Well, there was a uh, quote this morning. I think uh, Wenger sort of was a bit optimistic. Was he? Yeah, sort of saying just on the other side of Christmas, they're hoping that there is an opportunity for him to get sort of nearer playing action. But yeah, it would have been eighteen months plus. Gosh. Which Ugh. the problem is, the longer these injuries, you know, the longer you don't play, I think mm. it's more of a sign that you know. You enter the DRB territory of Arsenal Football Club future. Who's the most exciting player you've ever translated? Who is exciting? Um, it would be Dimitri Payet at mm. West Ham. Mm. Because when he arrived, uh, I guess he was quite well known, but not that well known. Mm. He was brilliant. In his first game, he destroyed us at the Emirates. And he was great, um, yeah. 15, 16. And obviously the media interest was huge and he didn't want to do anything in English the whole time so um i was at the west ham training ground once every few weeks to to do things with him and he ended up winning player of the year for west ham obviously because he had a brilliant season and i was at the event that night and they told me oh yeah come along you know there'll be interviews after the awards just two minutes here three minutes there and then when payette won the player of the season award and everyone was asking him to say something and one of the west ham PR people grabbed me by the hand and then we sprinted towards the stage and um, I was a bit dishevelled and had to just get up there in front Brilliant. of everyone. You could have Pyatt, said anything. So you accepted... Pyatt whispered a few things into wow. my ear. Effectively, then, you've won West Ham's Player of the Year award. Well, if you look on social media, it does a bit look like that. <laughs> there are a few photos. So, uh, That's great. Did yeah, give you the trophy? He didn't give me that particular trophy, but... Shame. He did give me Lauren Koscielny's shirt after we drew 3-3 with them at Upton Park. Mm. That's very nice. very nice. It's a good gift. So he knew you were a big Arsenal fan. Yeah, he knew. So just to recap, you speak Italian, French, French Spanish. And Portuguese, Portuguese on a good day. Yeah. Wow. That's very useful. But you're a good North London Jewish boy at heart. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Haberdashers set me up very nicely. Surely. God, it makes me feel massively inadequate. What languages do you speak, Boyd? Um, I did German A-level, and I got an A in my oral, but, you know, uh, you know, when I go to Germany, we'll see. Well, yeah, Cologne. Like, Cologne. Cologne. Yeah, I've yeah, been to loads of away games. I've been weeks. to Berlin and, you know, Dortmund, yeah. We'll be putting massive pressure on you to order anything. Uh, Ein Bier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, beer, B-I-E-R is German for beer. Right. You'd be pleased to oh, know. I feel probably fluent than mine. <laughs> V-I-W-E-I-N equally, yeah. Great um, job, though, translator for... No, it was a brilliant job, yeah. And, and you've fun. been involved in Gillian Balloway's new book. I Let's have. not talk about that. <laughs> Can I just say, I mean, I, I know we're... Only I had to talk to him about it last night. That was bad enough. Fine. Most people won't be listening. So, um, the... Well, the, sorry. The, oh, to what, my, the other podcast. Well, they, well yeah, the, where is no, it? Strike, it's called. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> yeah. the, it got a plug on the during the, the game, the Man United Tottenham game. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Martin, is it Martin Tyler would have done the Sky commentary? Yeah, yeah. It, out of nowhere, there was just a shot of Pochettino came up. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, and he referenced this biography. He was like, yeah, and our friend Gillian Balagway. Brilliant plug. Yeah, it was the most incredible. But then he sort of acknowledged it. He sort of spoke about it for 10 seconds. Right, that's enough of a plug. And then went back. I was like, this has been watched by millions of people. Guillaume must have said to him. They must have. It was so obvious. Yeah, Guillaume knows everyone. I mean, his contacts are incredible. I mean, he's like mates with like every, you know, Pep Guardiola and Pochettino. He was, he is fascinating. He's so, he's so interesting. Yeah. But unfortunately, we should say the reason why, obviously, I don't want to talk about it because it's about Pochettino and Spurs. That's what the book's about. It's an insight into. The secrets of Pochettino's training and the whole last season, isn't it? It's a kind yeah, of it's diary of last of the season. season. Yeah. So there were two of us working on it, translating the book. Obviously, I'm an Arsenal fan, and my <sighs> colleague Hugo is a Tottenham fan. And we had a very sad afternoon at White Hart Lane in April. Yeah. But yeah. I made sure I was not touching that chapter and not yeah. translating anything about it. Just the m- most annoying thing that Guillaume Balaguer told me um, when I met him which made me so depressed, was that Arsenal could so easily have got Pep Guardiola. If we'd have just... Because he was like saying, you know, everyone knew, all the big teams knew that he wanted to come to England, he wanted to manage in the Premier League. You know, he wasn't particularly very attracted to the idea of Arsenal, perfect for him. And, you know, we missed out because it's Mm. so fucking attached to our declining... Manager, yeah, sad, I don't think it? he'd have wanted to be a number two to Wenger, though, so I don't think it would work. Boys, that's good, that's good, that's good post. <laughs> the interesting thing is, I could go on about this all day, but the interesting thing would be if he imagine if, if we'd have got Pep Guardiola, right? Think about it, there's no way on God's earth we, he, we would have denied him signing huge big players for hundreds of millions of pounds. And I absolutely so all this bullshit, I have I'll, I'll this would be a mini rant about you know, we we do stick to our strict financial rules and we're self sustaining all that. But that doesn't mean, you know, if you've got a great manager who wants to spend 80, 90 million a player like him, you're not going to give him the money. We would, of course he would have done. It's just that he's a much bolder figure than, than our manager who kind of does what he does. Anyway, I just wants to get that out of there. Well, I don't know. The alternative history. Yeah. I might write yeah. one of those yeah. novels. Hopefully like, one day we will know if you Pep should, does become the Arsenal manager in a few years. Who knows? Know, it's going to be... It's, it's, it's turning the City team into this... City, it's yeah. turning them into, the, you know... Vision. London, he might fancy it. Oh, God. Oh, you're very optimistic. I like yeah. you're very hard. We're going to win six I'm trophies, and Pep's going to come and sign Ronaldo. Oh, you're right, you're talking of optimism. We've got a big prediction to make. The biggest prediction. What are you looking at me like? I'm at. Oh, I mean, what, what, what's the biggest prediction? Well, what, who, who, what's going to happen on, on against Man City? Oh, it's okay. Red Star will great. Oh no, that Red Star will great. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> all right, we'll do that prediction first. What's going to happen against Red Star Belgrade? Four 0 Four 0 Giroud. Oh, I like that. I like a very specific prediction. That's good, Josh. Two uh, one to Arsenal. I think narrow win, but it'd be interesting. To, yeah. I think I hope your boy Balcott finally delivers in one of these games. <laughs> Thanks. Pressures on him. Mm, yeah, okay. he's got to have one. Pressures good on Giroud. Giroud's, Giroud's got to have one good game. Pressures one on of him. them should needs to. Yeah, one of them. Someone does. Yeah. Um, um, maybe you'll play Eddie. Maybe you will be. Right. God, that'd be so good if you played Eddie. Of course he won't. You won't do that. Um, but hopefully Eddie will come on. I predict, um, I think it's going to be a weirdly, I think 3-2. I'm going to pluck that out of the air. Yeah, okay. But yeah, Man City's... The big one. So, I mean, you know, it's, this is a brains versus heart challenge, isn't I'm it? I'm not going to this one, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I do see Mark in well, quite a lot of away games. Hence, yeah. Staunch, but, um, yeah. staunch. Yeah. I was at Everton the other week. That was great. But I'm less optimistic <laughs> for Man City, I have to say. Well, it's um, it's one of them where anything... I mean, what do you think? But most people just think we'll go and get thumped. And if we come up way with anything, it'd be amazing. I, I can't see how we no. uh, can stop the way they've no. been playing no. that type of football. 28 points from 30. 
an obscene goal difference. But maybe, I don't know, Wolves showed it. I know it was a few players left out by Man City. Wolves did show that there is a way to, to stop them. And actually, in the other game this season where we thought we might be in trouble, which was Chelsea, we probably put in our best defensive display. Mm. So City are so much better than Chelsea, though, aren't they? I think. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. so. So, come on, let's, let's. who wants to go first? Well, what do you, I mean, do you think he's going to go with front three? I hope so. You really think so he's going to go? The only way you can't, you know, I know... It's not the front three isn't the problem. It's the midfield that's the problem. That's what he's got. That's what he's got to um, you know make more solid. Leave out Xhaka. Yeah, leave out yeah. the Xhaka Ramsey thing doesn't work when you're playing. That's that's the issue he's got to address. Not the not the effing front three. The effing front three is fine. We need our best players <laughs> against the best teams. He's got to sort out. He's got to fix that midfield. Anyway, Cochrane in. Oh, I mean, Cochrane just seems to be like the shadow of the player he was in that's that true. golden period when he first. Accidentally yeah, discovered him alongside Cazorla. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that was brilliant. Yeah. I don't know. I'd rather. I'd, I think Jack could do a solid job. I think, I think Jack and Ramsey maybe. I mean, because Jack can be back. Can't he, he can be back further back and still be passing and still be slightly more. I, I, I think he's more solid. I actually happened to prospect. watch the highlights of the Barcelona at home game this morning Did when you? Jack absolutely dominated. Yeah, oh, the classic. Um, yeah, classic. Uh, that was his. That was so the, okay. That was based on that, game. yeah, Jack to start. Okay. Let's stick him in. Uh, that went up neither. But who's going to predict? Right, come on, let's nail it down. Josh, what's your prediction? Uh, I saw Michael o- Michael Oliver's ref, who we've got a terrible record oh, with. I know God. that was the uh, that was going around on Twitter earlier today. We've got something like a twenty percent win record with him. I think we will lose three uh, one on. Oh, I was going to say that Sunday. Okay, there's no, there's no, you can say it. Yeah, that's true. There's no rule about not sticking to the same prediction, although I don't like it. So I'm going to say we'll lose. Um, I think we'll lose. 3 0. 3 0. Yeah. Oh, grim. Martha's going to win about 5 0, judging from his <laughs> yeah, positive. How optimistic I mean, I, I'm, this is a I'm test. slightly more optimistic than you. I'm going to go for a 1 all draw. Mm. Big up Grab that all day. That would be great. Um, let's see. But you're going, we'll discuss you're it. going Thursday night. I can't. No, I'm not going um, Thursday night. Oh, you're no, also not going. going. No, you, I can't go either. No, no one's going to go. It's going to be like five people there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to be five people. Eddie's family. Eddie's, oh, I was about to say, his whole family will be in there. You said Cologne got a. 60,000 euro fine for their yeah. fans' behaviour. I mean, the fines are just pathetic, aren't they? For, like, you could be so a racist, you know, you can have like massive I mean, racist fans, you get fined yeah. 10 quid. Eddie earns that in what, that's about 26 right, weeks yeah, or something at the moment. <laughs> yeah. He'd pay it off in six months. Yes. Um, we will discuss fully what happens at City. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I thought you were going to say thank you in a different language just to just to show off the, the translation <laughs> skills. Danke schön. <laughs> very um, good. Where can we, and on, you're on Twitter at Mark Linguist, Mark with a C, just to Mark mix English. it up. And thanks to Josh, and uh, we'll be back next week. See you next week. Cheers, bye. Bye-bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information.
What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.